Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, welcome back, our baby boomer buddies, to your favorite podcast, the one made just for you, Another Day Above Ground. We like to talk about all things Boomer. What do we do? What can we do? What can't we do anymore? And uh, we cover it all, and I do that with my two partners on this show. First of all, from the uh, from the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Oh, hey, everybody. It is holiday light season. They're starting to show up everywhere went up to Breckenridge and I was actually watching the people put the lights on the on the light posts on the old-fashioned light posts it's that season we're in it well we've been in it since Halloween I mean people have had their lights on here for a long time and they just you know I I don't think they ever took them down in the springtime but I don't uh, think we have to anymore but let's get to Tim (laughs) and then I don't think we have to anymore because we're already it's already fourth of July right I mean we are like cruising through life and giving us the perspective from the great state of Indiana please welcome the Aristotle of comedy Tim Slagle yeah a lot of houses now it's a feature you can have when you have a house built you can have the lights already installed pre-installed in the house so all you have wow. to do all you have to do is just flick the switch and I'm wow. guessing I've seen companies that'll come over and do it all for you. Yeah. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, and I'm guessing I'm guessing with the new LED lights, you can even have a dial on there. You can set it to Halloween, so it's uh, uh, orange and black, and then you turn it to Christmas, it goes to red and green, and then Valentine's Day, it goes pink. And uh, I don't like as the baby LED. boomers. As baby boomers, we used to have those light bulbs that were about three inches long that oh. you put up on the gutter. And if you ever touched one, they're about eight hundred degrees. <laughs> yeah, I like those better. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the incandescents. The LEDs were cool when they first came out. Now they just they look cheesy to me. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I even... have a light question for you guys. Have the have the headlights on cars gotten a million times brighter, or are my eyes going to hell? Because I was driving the other night, and every car that was coming at me, I was on the the highway on the way back from the mountains, and the cars coming from the other side, I don't think headlights used to be as bright as they are. Tim, I know you know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. around 2006, that's when the Xenon headlights started coming out, and it's uh, a... Hard, too hard to describe in the the little time we have left. But it's a it's a type it's a type of headlight that uh, that doesn't it doesn't have a it didn't have a filament. It uh, uh, it, it does it's like an arc through the uh, plasma arc through pl- through xenon, and they were yeah th- those came out around two thousand six. Now I think they're all LEDs. But I mean you are right they are they are much brighter, which is a good thing for people our age. It's, uh... Well, yeah, but it's it's the boon of the the bane rather of, of civilization. I think I I had to go to the hardware store today to buy one one light bulb, a three way light bulb. They don't, of course, don't have incandescent ones anymore. I paid eighteen dollars for an LED three way light bulb. Eighteen bucks for a three way? Yes, that's a bargain. Light bulb. That's a light oh, bulb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thinking it's a bargain too but hey even on video that's a bargain (laughs) you know uh, a little little secret there it's illegal for retail outlets to sell incandescent bulbs 
However, you can still find them on Amazon. So is that you, right? Yeah, if you don't like that that blue white color of, uh, of yeah. LEDs, you can still find them. Uh, you got a uh, they're they're pricier than they were when we were kids. For for you know, I don't know about where you guys grew up. Where I grew up, you used to get them for free. You used to take yes. your old light bulbs into the electric company. Yes. Yeah. When I first moved here, we got all of our light bulbs for free. Yep. Oh, I don't. I, I don't remember them. that at all. But. You know, yeah, I didn't get my first uh, house till I was, you know, way old. So you didn't have to change a light bulb until you were like twenty. I still don't have to change a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many spoiled women does it take to change a light bulb? It takes a phone to call a friend. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna make somebody a wonderful husband someday. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a really good grandmother. Hang for a couple of minutes and then give them back. I just skip the whole first half. No, you start playing with them and you want them for the whole day. So, anyhow, uh, Tim, you had made mention, I think, uh, earlier of the uh, the pandas being sent back to China. Yeah, yeah, and uh, people in the wet markets rejoice. Oh, stop! <laughs> oh, that is horrifying, Tim. I've actually, I've actually had a theory for a while that uh, the best way to protect endangered species is to allow people to eat them, because once people develop a taste for something, it never goes away. It's both uh, bison and alligators were on the endangered list before they started being farmed commercially, and now yeah. that people enjoy alligator meat and alligator leather and uh, bison meat. They're no longer on the endangered list. Uh, alligators are actually a nuisance right now. So that's uh, that's my solution to endangered species is uh, cook them up. That's, I'm looking forward to Campbell's Cream of Panda Soup. Well, see, and that's what always bugged me about Panda Express. You know, you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you're going to get chicken. Go to Burger King, you're going to get a burger. Go to Panda Express, there's no panda even on the menu. You know, so that's... Hey, I agree with you. Chicken of the Sea, you don't get chicken. Well, that's true. You get tuna, so there you go. Yeah, well, Panda's kind of the chicken of the bamboo forest. Because I guarantee anyone who's eaten panda, you know, you know what they say it tastes like? <laughs> <laughs> Just like frog legs. I, when, I was, when I was in Australia, I had emu. And I asked the guy, I said, what does that taste like? He said, tastes like chicken that's been eating meat all its life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had emu. I've had ostrich. I've, 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 had, I've had ostrich. Emu. I had emu when I was in Australia, but did I ever tell you that I dated a guy a long time ago and, you know, I'm a convenient vegetarian, as we all know, convenient. And um, I was eating vegetables and he's like, he's like, you eat what food eats. And I said, yes. And he said, so have a steak. The salad's built in. (laughs) (laughs) It's a plant-based diet. Cows eat plants. I eat cows. It's plant-based. It's all good for you. Comes from a meatpacking plant. (laughs) grows on a meatpacking plant (laughs) and speaking of things that are good for you in our never-ending quest to find things that are good for boomers once again i think we found a winner they tell you that when you get old you can do anything well we all know that's not true anymore i can no longer run a marathon let alone stay awake in front of the tv watching one but there are things that you know we can uh, we can always do and one of them 
is to read. You can always read. And if you're reading about baby boomers, it's even more interesting. So what did we do this week? At great personal expense, we went out and got an author who wrote a book entitled American Boomer, The Journey of a Mid-Century Boy Who Didn't Die Before He Got Old. Not only is that the longest book title I've ever seen, but it's an interesting book, and we have the author with us today, Steve Fisher. Hey, Steve, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. We're very, uh, very glad you could join us. So my first question, now I, 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 I read parts of your book, and first of all, it's stories from when you were growing up, and you must have an incredible memory, because either that or you're a very, very good fiction writer, because there were details in those stories that I think we all would remember, but, uh, but you know, only when our memory is jogged, so to speak. Well, I do actually have a pretty good memory for older things. I can't tell you what I had for breakfast today, like we can all relate to. But I do, uh, you know, I, I do have a pretty, pretty good memory, I would say. So your 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 book is about your uh, your story. What first of all, let me ask you, what what prompted you to write this book? Well, I've always thought about writing a memoir, and uh, I just didn't get around to it, mainly for various reasons, distractions, laziness, primarily. But when the pandemic hit and we were locked down, it just seemed like the perfect time. So I just sat down and, and really got to it. And once I started writing, it just really, it flowed. And um, I wrote about, I wrote, there's 20 chapters in the book. I wrote about one a week for the uh, original manuscript. And it was great just because you could just, once you get into it, you can just roll through it. And I also decided to um, not worry about who would like this book or um, if it would get published or anything like that. I thought, I'm just going to write right for me. And uh, I, you know, really kind of went uh, deeper than I used to do in some of my older writing. I ended up cutting a lot of stuff out. But anyway, that just, uh, that's kind of how it happened. That's pretty much the same philosophy we have on this show. If you don't like it, tough. You yeah, know, that's go go pop well. sand, as the kids say. Right. So which, well, of your, yeah. which of your stories is the most memorable? It's about you growing up in Chicago mm-hmm. and then you moving to California and you right. had one chapter called Swimming Naked, which is, of course, oh. going to attract attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've always thought about that story, so I just kind of plugged it in there. It's, it's uh, you know, just to capture kind of things from the ver- various points in my life. Uh, I think probably one of my favorite stories is Record Kit because that's a big record hound. And that's, you know, just about like, I think we all remember 45s and LPs, just that pleasure of going to the record store and getting some little gem that you, you've always wanted, that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, Swimming Naked is, that's, all this stuff's true, so that actually happened. Everything in there happened. But it was a pleasurable night, let me put it that way. Why don't you tell <laughs> us that story? Well, <laughs> you know what? It just, it was... Um, you know, a young lady that I got to know, and uh, she was pretty brave, and she said, let's go up to Felt Lake in the night and go swimming naked. And I thought, Felt, oh, okay. felt Lake? Felt Lake was an area up and back of, this one I lived in Palo Alto. Is it, is it actually felt called Felt Lake, or is that just what yeah, the kids who parked there called it? Felt Lake, yeah, that's actually right. Um, anyway, it was on private property, and no one was supposed to go up there. Kids got busted all the time trying to sneak in. So it was kind of daring and everything. But we just went up there, snuck in about 2.30 in the morning. You had to walk through a field with bulls and cows and everything. So fortunately, we didn't get gored or anything. But um, 
finally we got to the lake and just things proceeded and you know we just hung up there for a while till almost dawn we almost because we kind of fell asleep and we uh, by the time I woke up the sun was coming up and we had to get out of there so but anyway it was just a man and put your clothes on yeah we had to put our clothes on really quickly and then we had to go through you know an area where about you know quarter of a mile where there were bulls and one we actually saw one he kind of looked at us I thought oh my god we're going to get gored here but uh, you know it all worked out okay let me put it that way would that be the day that you learned that cold water is not your friend? Well, actually, the water was pretty warm. <laughs> I get what you're saying there, Dale. But this is in the summer. It's kind of like a big pond, so it wasn't exactly, you know, it was like jumping in the ocean or something. It was pretty warm. The me- the moral of the story, of course, is that it's better to be felt than gored. That's right. There you go. There you That's, go. I can see why you're the, is it the emperor of comedy or the? Aristotle. <laughs> Aristotle, okay. I, got, I can see why. <laughs> so, so when who, you, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. When you wrote this book, Steve, who did you think was going to buy a book about the story of your life and why? Well, that's an interesting question because I had people, uh, one of the first things I said when I was going to write a memoir, and they said, a really good friend of mine said, well, why does anybody care about your life? And I said, well, you know. But the thing is, first of all, I just I just thought I'd write it. This is a subject that you know I knew well, and I could um, you know to just I, it's something I wanted to do. And when I was writing it, as I said earlier, I, I was trying not to think about who might like it or who uh, who it's going to sell to because that really inhibits your writing. And I got into that little um, rut quite a, earlier in my writing. I had trouble getting out of it. In fact, you know, I had a cat book book published in the. Um, in 2008 called The World is Your Litter Box. And that one actually, you know, I had to kind of think about, but this one was kind of my baby and, and uh, but, but I did have people say that. And I always felt that like, if, if you, I mean, I do not to, I mean, I have a kind of an interesting life. It's not, I'm not saying it's, you know, in all, in all modesty, you know, it's kind of been a lot of twists and turns. And, um, you know, I just figured that like I said, people are going to like it or not, but they're, you know, you, you take a writer like Charles Bukowski, who was a big influence on me, and he started writing, he wrote about just mundane things and made him interesting. Like his first job, was a, his first book was called Fat Totem, and it was about just the jobs he had and all that, and his life working at the post office. So, you know, he could make that good. So I just thought, you know, I think it's just, you know, if you want to read about superstars, you can certainly do that, but you know, it's just a story of like kind of basically a regular guy who had an interesting path, so to speak. So we'll see. I mean, some people are probably asking the same question right now as we speak. Like, why should I care about this guy? Well, what is the uh, what would you say is the most interesting thing from your past? I mean, with me, it's when I was a rodeo clown, but other people have different well, things. Well, I have, wait, I have wait, wait. Time. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> are you serious? Or are you just having fun? I, I live to have fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just well, I, we were we were on vacation up in uh, at Glacier uh, National Park, sitting around with a bunch of people, and one couple that was there was this real cowboy. He owned a ranch and everything, and he had this real hot wife who really didn't want anything to do with cowboys. And he was went up to get drinks or something. So I'm talking to his wife and this other woman. They said, "Well, what do you do?" I said, I'm a rodeo clown. They go, oh, really? So he comes back to the table, and she said, he's a rodeo clown. The guy looks at me and says, my ass he is. <laughs> <laughs> OK, 
wait, wait. I got I got one for you too. When I used to hang out in New York, um, I would go to a bar with my friend Marsha, and she told people that she was a shepherd at Chief's Meadow. <laughs> and they believed her. She was the Sheep's Meadow Shepherd. So, you know, we all have stories. <laughs> so so, so what, what, would say, what would you say is the most interesting thing about your life, Steve, that, that people well, really need to know about? I don't really know. All I can tell you is that, you know, I had a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs, some really, you know, really high ups and some low, low downs. But I have to say that... Um, my wife really ch turned things around for me. There's a chapter about her in the book. And uh, because, you know, I got to the point where I think it was in my late, very late 40s when we met. And uh, I just thought, well, I'm just, you know, this is, I thought this is the path I've taken. And maybe things haven't worked out quite like I thought. And I guess, I guess I'm just going to be a single guy and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I just met Judy. And uh, it's just been great ever since. So, it, it just really changed my life. So that was a huge thing just in my life personally. As far as the past, um, I mean, the music was great. I mean, I really thought that was going to happen, and it didn't, you know, for, and it's in the book, of course. But uh, that was a huge thing. But everything, I mean, it was fun to be on the radio, and, you know, I produced records, stuff like that. It was all all good. And, and writing is, you know, I kind of, uh, kind of at the end of that, I started writing, which I started doing quite a while ago now. But... Uh, you know, it just that's almost the best of all. It's just a great, you know. So I kind of ended up in a good place, which is the, the most important, I think. So you were you were in your forties when you got married for the first time? Actually, we were, I think I was fifty. Oh, yeah, wow. because I just, you know, it's 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 kind of a long story, and this is in the book too. I, you know, I have to, you have to read the book to really get the real dirt here. But um, no, 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 no. Tell us the real dirt, I'll and then get the people the to buy the book. Yeah, so they don't have to buy the book. You can just anyway. Um, my parents went through kind of a nasty divorce when I was pretty young. And uh, as a result of that, I was not afraid of, uh, of relationships. I had some, you know, long-term relationships when I was young. But I always, um, uh, I always just, I never, I was afraid to go the, the distance and really kind of pull the trigger and get married. And uh, finally, just the timing was right, as I said. It just, it, it was kind of... Um, it all came along at the right time. Let me put it that way. It, no, it I happened think, the way it was supposed to happen. I think I think it could be a, lot, a good advice for a lot of people. A lot of people should skip that first one. Well, yeah, you know, you're in, you're right though, um, Tim. Because I mean, if I'd gotten married younger, it would have been a disaster. I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't mature enough. I was too unsettled in where I was going with my various careers, and um, it just it just wouldn't work. But I think this is true with a lot of people. Also. The thing that when you get married late like that, you both have all the time to get the bullshit out of your system, you know, get rid of all the, you know, the, the nonsensical stuff and figure out what's really important and what isn't. And we all have to go through that. But when you kind of arrive at that point, you're, I think, better to be, you're in a much better position to be a good mate for someone, vice versa. So. You said you had a chapter, you said you had a chapter on uh, records. Do you, do you still collect vinyl? Oh, yeah. Not really. I mean, I've had over the years thousands of albums. And if you read the story, I mean, I, when I was a young, really young child, I think I was in fourth, fifth grade, I just, for some reason, I just loved records, 45s, and I would just buy, you know, all the old Buddy Holly and Chuck Berry and all that stuff. And uh, I've just kind of kept that going through the years. I've kind of, you know, pop culture's kind of passed me by. So, uh, you know, the music industry, but I was, you know, when I was a younger man, it was just, as I'm sure you guys will 
agree it was just the greatest time in music and everything. You know, we had, you know, all that great music. And uh, so I kind of just listened to that and, and you know, kind of carried that with me. But I am I'm still a music hound. I, I you know, I just don't have the records anymore. It's kind of nice when you move to not have to cart a thousand albums around. <laughs> you know, it's all on my on my iPhone now. But you know, I, I do kind of miss it actually. I miss um you know, just sitting there and watching a record go around like I did when I was a kid and with the label and just the whole concept of of LP records and 45s were just, it's kind of, I, I almost feel sorry for kids that they don't have that today, but. That they don't they, have to spend $10 every time they want to get one song. Well, you that's mean true. that? <laughs> we would buy yeah, an that, album for the one song that we wanted. Well, that's true. You know, it's interesting though, but when LPs first started, you know, coming out, it, when they first started happening, they were mainly, they didn't put out that many rock and roll albums because uh, they figured kids are just going to buy the singles. But um, usually the, somebody's first album would have their first five hits on it, like Dwayne Eddy or something like that. That was one of the first albums I got. It had like all, it was like a greatest hits album as his first album. So, but then that changed, of course. So you're so, right. You know, they you don't, know. it's kids, they don't need uh, LPs anymore because the pot doesn't have seeds in it. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Does it not? Seriously, if you buy the oh, pot now, it doesn't. Girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's the question? We taught her about I... inner tubes. Today, we're teaching her about sensomia. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> really? Do they get rid of the seeds if you buy pot now? It doesn't oh, have gosh. any. Pretty much, yeah. Not that I. Well, actually, we... I'm still kind of a pothead, truth be told, from way back. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, you know, I remember when I first, this is in the book too, of course, when I first started buying pot, you could get, you get a loaf of, a loaf, a bag of pot. No <laughs> you, know, you could get a loaf. For about a hundred bucks to buy you a loaf. Yeah, it was, a yeah. <laughs> it was like 10 bucks a lid and it was all smokable pot. You could smoke everything but the plastic bag it came in. And, uh, you know, but then it started getting to where there were seeds. I even got one that had a rock in it one time. I told the guy, listen, come on. I know you're patting this, but this is like a little pebble here. But then now it's it's pretty good when you go into a, a you know, a, 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 a head shop, as we used to call them, uh, dispensaries, they're calling them now. Yeah, you can get whatever you want. It's all, you know, it's all these different strains and everything. I told the people at this one place I go to, so I said, when I was younger, because there's all these different strains now, as you guys know. And I said, basically, it was like, this is good pot, and this is really great. Those were the two kind of categories of, you know, of pot back in the day. You didn't have like, uh, you know, uh, oh, you had your stink weed, that sativa, was and all that. Yeah. Exactly. Why hasn't somebody named their pot like a company, Good Pot and Great? Well, they like, could probably. They should do that. That would be really a smart idea right now because all of the boomers that go into the dispensaries would buy either the good yeah. pot or the great pot. You're right. You're right about that totally. It's confusing when you go in there now. It's like, oh, my God. But I actually get sativa because if I get like, uh, what's the other one? Indica. Uh, Indica, from what I heard. Indica, yeah. If I get sativa, <laughs> I have to because otherwise I fall. It puts me to sleep. You know? So, Steve, I do have a question, though. So okay. you said you're a writer. You wrote mm -hmm. one book that's supposed to be read by cats and one clearly for your children that you don't have. Exactly. Well, who else do you write for and what else have you written? Well, I'm working on that. I might start writing for Space Aliens next, but but the cat <laughs> book was really, um, that was a huge thing for me because it was my first book to get published. And, um, you know, it's actually written in the voice of a cat and it's sort of like a how-to manual for cats. And it was, you know, cat lovers, you know, there's a huge amount of cat lovers out there, so it did pretty well. 
But uh, I always want to write something a little more serious. When I was working on this book, and I mentioned to friends I was working on, they said, oh, is it another cat book? I said, no, no, this is a little different. You know, you'll see. Anyway. Did that answer your question, kind of? It's actually, it's actually, Carolyn, you were, you're wondering about seeds, to go back a little bit. It's actually seeds are hard to find now. That's how they're, they're, right about you that. have to it's buy a, those. Too. Yeah, they're they're like it's a the you, you pay more own. for a seed than I now than I used to pay for a bag of weed in high school. Yeah, yeah. So probably we for go one to seed. Somebody's house who's got their house from their parents and go into their bedroom from when they were teenagers and go into the closet on the floor. I bet you'd find seeds there. Yep, just rake that That's shag good. carpeting in the closet. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. That's true. Shag carpets back then, you definitely collect a, a lot of seeds. Just water it. They call them, I don't know why they call them dispensaries. Call them what they are, grass yeah. stations. Yeah. Just well. go around <laughs> the grass station. Or head shops, as we did in the old days, you know. So, Steve, if people wanted to uh, get your book, where uh, where exactly would they head? Well, the best, any of the online booksellers, you can get uh, either the, the, the paperback or the e-version of it. We usually steer people to Amazon, but any of them, you know, you can go on and get it and you have it like in two days or something like that. So that's the best thing. It's not likely to be in bookstores just because, you know, I don't know where you guys are. We have a couple of bookstores that are still, you know, kind of old school bookstores. But most of the bookstores, you know, they have the hits kind of. And then they have, if they're like uh, up and coming writers that they really did have some really great property. I don't know if I'm considered or, you know, really a young superstar or something like that. Yeah, so, um, it, but you can right? order it online anywhere. Even a baby say, boomer can do it. It's so easy. I was going to say it's the book distributors who do that, but not mm -hmm. in the local stores. If you have a couple of local bookstores that mm -hmm. have independent ownership, go in there, Steve, get to be friendly with them, get them 10 copies, sign the copies, do a book signing there, and you'll actually, you know, you'll sell the 20 that you were required to buy or buy for the yeah, publisher. Yeah, that's good. Actually, there's a bookstore right here called Ilya that I'm quite familiar with the people there. But that's not a bad idea. I've already done one signing. and um, But, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm kind of looking for new ideas, so I appreciate that. I'll, of course. I'll that's put, one I'll of the things the we... One of the things we pride ourselves in on this show is helping our guests be more successful. Well, so I really appreciate that. I, 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 I appreciate that a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve, would you like to uh, would you like to uh, distribute a uh, email address if people wanted to reach out to you or a website? Sure. Let me give you our website. It's um, AmericanBoomerBook.com, and you can read uh, excerpts, reviews. Uh, you know, we have a lot of interesting stuff on the website. Also, a, a, um, a contact page, so if you want to reach me personally. We also have a pretty healthy uh, American Boomer Facebook page that I invite anybody and everybody to like. And uh, that's about it. I mean... Uh, I'm excited for you to promote our podcast on your American Boomer Facebook page. We well, totally <laughs> pre-appreciate you doing that as soon as yeah. possible, Steve. And well, as soon as your episode is up, we'll put that one up too, and then you can promote that on your page, and you can tell everybody who follows you to promote it on their page too. Not that well, I'm going to be pushy, but this is why <laughs> I'm single. <laughs> Carolyn skipped the first one and the second one. I've already mentioned that I was going to be on this podcast. So once it comes out, I'll, I'll promote it heavily. And also, you know, what I'd like to do is get a copy of it and I can put it on the website so people can, you know, a link or whatever. 
and then they can go to but yeah i mean this this is this helps me and i hope it helps you guys as well once again thank you very much steve fisher the author of american boomer the journey of a mid-century boy who didn't die before he got old and just uh, you know try asking for that in the bookstore and you'll <laughs> you'll die before you get it all out anyhow thank you very much steve and uh, go out and enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much but the other thing that we have today is Oh, my goodness, it's time, my friends, to uh, to talk about our game. Every week we play a game from Boom Again, which is the, uh, the, the I, would, I would say go out on a limb and say it's the board game for baby boomers. It's uh, kind of like uh, Trivial Pursuit, except all the questions are things you should know just by being old like us. And it's a beautiful game, and it, it's uh, lovely packaged and everything. And we give one away every week. If you can answer our questions, we'll send you a game. And Carolyn, where uh, where would they send that? You email it to us at another day above ground show at gmail.com. Send us your answers, and we'll answer you. Okay, so there you go. First of all, let me give you the answers to last week's questions because, uh, you know, we, we, those were uh, more, a couple of them were stumpers. Okay. What was the Wonder Bread slogan? Build, Help build strong, strong bodies. bodies 12 ways. I couldn't remember the number on that ways. one. I, I never got more than I, seven, eight ways out of Wonder Bread. But. Is that the same commercial that they did when it's how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Is that yes, the same 12, thing? 12 ways, right. Okay, thanks. Number two, name the actor who sang and danced as the monster in Young Frankenstein before becoming a difficult dad on a long-running post-boom era sitcom. Who played both of those roles? Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle, absolutely. Which he is was a, Ray's which is a, father. It's, it's, a, it's a great actor and something you never want to go to the doctor with. <laughs> 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 what, no bell? <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt's uh, husband who changed his name to Les Johnson. All right. <laughs> Here's the third one. Oh, this name the classic toy that was designed by the son of Frank Lloyd Wright and was named for the 16th president's childhood experience. That would be Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs. I loved Lincoln Logs. Played with them all the time. And they were, uh, they were very, and even those are hard to find. Our last ones I saw were made out of plastic. What? So, you know, yeah. Did they used to be made out of wood? Oh, yeah. absolutely. They're logs. Can't you take Jenga and let's file it down? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess you if go. you're a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the questions for next week, kids. This is the time to grab your pencil and uh, and uh, you know, your computer if you have to look up the answers, but you should know these answers. So I'll give you that first question again. You heard it before. On the first day of school, what was the very first thing almost er in almost every kid's three-ring binder? I'll give you the answer to next week to that next week with a punchline. And our second <laughs> the second question is what was the name of the hotel on Petticoat Junction? 
Ooh. Petticoat Junction. It's run by Kate. Joe. Yeah. Moving oh, run slow. by Kate. I'm sorry. Uncle Joe's moving kind of slow. It's slow by the junction. All right. The name of the hotel. And the last one is when boomers were growing up, every house had some kind of TV antenna on the roof. What were the kind that were found inside the house called? Ooh. Okay, so those are your three questions. If you know the answers to those questions, send them in to us, please, at... Another Day Above Ground Show at gmail.com. There you go. And if you want to buy the game, you know, say, I don't have time to play it, but I'll buy one. Uh, you can get a discount from us. Again, Carolyn, for what, what's the discount code? You go to boomagain.com and you buy the game. And in the promo code, you put 10ADAG. That's 10ADAG. And you will get 10% off the price of your game. There you go. So please send us your answers. We'd love to send you a game. And that being said, it pretty much brings us to the end of this information-packed show. I hope you guys had a notebook handy because we had so many things flying out of here today. You got to have learned something. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. So, Carolyn, do you have any final words to, to say to our listener? Yeah, let's get a guest so I don't have to be so stupid. <laughs> I go to carolynstrauss.com if you guys want to learn more. Okay, how about you, Tim? Hey, uh, I, I have to mention my album again, Bachelorette Absolutely. Party by Tim Slegel. It's available on Spotify, uh, uh, iTunes, or well, it's Apple Music now, Amazon Music, wherever you get your music. Just, uh, just You can actually say, hey, Alexa. Uh, play Bachelorette Party by Tim Slagle. I'm going to do that because I've got Alexa sitting right here next to me. That'll be fun. You know, you probably don't because otherwise she would have started playing it. Alexa, <laughs> play play Bachelorette Party by Tim Slagle. Oh, you got your ear pods in. That's why she didn't do it. <laughs> and similar songs they're going to play. Oh. It is. Okay. She's, wow. playing, she's playing your album. Very good. Okay, cool. All right, kids, that about wraps it up. Oh, please, go to DaleIrvin.com. I get lost in the in the whole uh, the whole spirit of an unplanned show. <laughs> go to DaleIrvin.com. Sign up for the Friday Funnies. I'll make you laugh every Friday. Get Tim to listen to Tim's album. He'll make you laugh at any time of the day. And, of course, Carolyn is always there just to, to laugh with us. Well, I was uh, just I, – I, I have to do this punchline, even though you guys save yours. An unplanned show, Congress is against that. Anything unplanned. Oh, oh. Oh, oh okay, oh. yeah. Oh, good thing you say good thing you saved that one. Darn it, the bell's broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys seriously get a guest. Okay, anyhow, we're leaving. You folks go out and have a wonderful day because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening. <laughs>